Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Watermark Church Podcast. We're so excited you've decided to join us. Now let's dive into our series, Fresh. Everybody kind of just stand up. Let's jump into this. And, uh, you know, um, every Sunday during this series, we've been sharing the same, I always do the same verses, and hopefully... You can memorize it or go through it, but Lamentations 322 through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. I just find that amazing. Just a, it's a great reminder every day that he doesn't give up on you. Isn't that awesome? That every single day, within our mistakes of the day before, that his mercies are new and different every day. And then um, every morning, and great is your faithfulness. That means every day is a fresh start. And I just want to pray, as we've been going through this series, um, that step of confession and consecration and being filled up and going those things, I, this needs to, listen, hear me out. Even this morning when I woke up, I just said, God, what do I have in me that I need to lay down? What am I holding as an idol that shouldn't be there? What, what's some things in my heart that's not confessed? And then I'm like, Lord, how do I need to make you more Lord of my life? And I just remember just driving and thinking, Lord, Holy Spirit, fill me up today. I leak. Stuff drains out. Attitudes come out. And, and then last week we talked about the manna, the bread, and getting into the word. I just want us to be people that every single day that we're working through steps in our faith, Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, help us to be believers and um, um, people who walk in faith, and uh, Lord, that ask the tough questions. Lord, I thank you for your God who continues to give us fresh and new mercies every day. Thank you for this morning in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. My wife is not here today. She's watching online because of Sully, and she just texted me and said, check your zipper. Isn't that awesome? So if, you can, so if you can turn around and say hi to somebody, turn around to someone next to you and say thank you for accountability, then grab a seat. That would be great. So isn't that great? Even, even our wives speak from a distance. Today we're going to talk about prayer and, you know, each, even last week, talking about the Bible, man, that can... That can be weeks of a series, and prayer can be just, not just one week, it should be weeks of talking about prayer and fasting, but I'm just going to kind of share a couple of quick thoughts about prayer, and then um, just talk through prayer with you a little bit. One of my favorite verses on prayer is in James, James 5.17, and we all know the person of Elijah who mentored Elisha, and they did extraordinary things, and the propheticness of them and calling out bondage and the enemy and doing these things. And I, it, 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 like, you look at a summons of faith and you're like, man, I wish I had the faith in the life like Elijah or Elisha. And, and I love this verse because it says, James 5, 17 says, Elijah was a man just like us and he prayed earnestly. And it's amazing because he's, James is pointing out here that there was really nothing crazy, special, um, too much about Elijah, but he was become a person of prayer. 
I think sometimes in our prayer life, well, listen, I, I want you to be, I'm be careful when I say this. I think sometimes prayer becomes a last resort when it should be our first instinct. Uh, I, I think we should pray if it's our last resort, but I don't think we should go to God as our last, but we should go to God as our first. I think we need to get advice from the Lord before sometimes we get advice from other people. Listen, God speaks through people and gives us words, but maybe one of the things God's been challenging me on the last few years is I'm so quick to give an opinion and advice to somebody else when they're going through a situation that God's been challenging me, and maybe before you give a word of advice or opinion, you should pray with them first, because make sure it's of the Lord and we need to be people who go to the Lord first. Not, no, listen, we need to pray at meals. We need to pray for God when we're in needs. But that's just not the only time. Prayer, if you want to write it down, no matter what, prayer is like communicating. It's conversation with God. It's us sharing with the Lord. You look at through the, the Proverbs, look at the book of Psalms, how David, one of my favorite illustrations of worship and prayer is David who spent days with just the sheep. That would make you crazy. By yourself, you would have a guitar, and then you would have your staff, and then you would have a bunch of dumb sheep. Like, who are you talking to? Eventually, you'd be talking to sheep, and they're not responding. But if, if, if it actually talks about his conversations with God. Who taught David how to worship? The Lord did. Who taught David how to pray? The Lord did. Who, who taught David how to be a leader? The Lord did. He spent time with the Lord and the Lord taught him under the stars. You know what I'm saying? Who taught him how to defeat the lion and the bear? The Lord did. And so I, I think about these times. So it's conversation. Think about the best conversations you've ever had in your life. They were not just conversations that you just shared. They were conversations of listening of sharing these kind of conversations, of honesty. And this is what the Lord is looking at saying. Those are the conversations we need to have with the Lord. Honesty, sharing, listening. Because can I be honest? I think a lot of our prayer is us talking and not a, none of us listening as much. I say this quite a bit. We have one mouth and two ears for a listening I mean, for a reason. That's when we should double our listening power. We should listen more. There are three types of conversation that they talk about in this world. One is information. It's just like data exchange, like not real intimacy, small talk. You know what I'm saying? You know, after, you know just small talk. Then there's like emotional, personal, which is thoughts, feelings, desires, more deeper, internal. But then there's like relational which is a little bit deeper because engaging about what's happening right now in our relationship. Now listen, as guys, we're not great at this. Maybe you are. Maybe it's just me. Is it just me? But most guys are not great at this. We're not great at talking through our feelings right now and processing it. But in the moment between us, that dynamic, but this is what we need to work. If I were to say which one of these best describes your prayer life with the Lord, is it just information? Is it just emotional and feelings? Or is it really relational? Which one is it? Because something happens when you go to that next level. 
Something happens when you go from I have to do this to I want to do this. We are designed to have relationship with God. Adam and Eve, when God created them, it says that God, listen, the first people God created in the garden, it says that God walked with Adam and Eve. That God desired, listen, God could have been anywhere, but he desired to walk in the garden with Adam and Eve. It says he walked with and he talked with them. That, that, God, that tells you the importance of your relationship with the Lord is it called your spiritual walk. Your journey with the Lord is that your spiritual walk. God wants to walk with us. God wants us to have conversations, hear me out, with him, not just about him. I think sometimes we talk a lot about church or God, but when was the last time you talked to God? When was the last time you had a conversation? How does that look? It's interesting, and I, I'm going to read this, Matthew 6, 5 through 14. This is the heart of our message today. It's the disciples talking to Jesus, and he says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, I love that. Can I just stop there for a second? It doesn't say if you pray. He's assuming when you pray. I love that. He says, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. This is starting because the disciples literally asked him before this, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples didn't say, teach us how to really evangelize or how to build a church. They were saying, how do we pray? That's a big question. And so he's asking God this, they're asking God this question, how do you pray? And then he says, and he goes this, and he goes, and when you ask him, verse 9 says, and then, this then is how you should pray. This is Jesus saying, this is how you should pray. So all together, ready for this? One, two, three. Our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth that is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And some translations say trespasses, but listen, the Lord's prayer was not really for him. Have you thought about this before? We call it the Lord's prayer. It's not really for Jesus because, listen, Jesus, you know what I'm saying? He's perfect. And so as you go through these things, he knows, but it's for them. It's a template. It, it, listen, the Lord's Prayer usually takes 17 seconds to read, but a lifetime to understand and to live out. So today I'm just going to go through pretty basic just what this looks like to us. Because sometimes we say, this is, might be like a plaque on your wall, something we all know, this verse, and we know it, but we really, we pray it, but we don't know it. And then I wonder, are we really praying it because we're not knowing it? So number one is this, our Father in heaven. It's interesting because 
Our father is kind of a term of endearment. When you think of the word father in scripture, it, it means a term of endearment, like a papa or a daddy. Uh, my favorite picture of this in story form is when the prodigal son came home and, and the dad literally saw his prodigal son coming home and he hiked up his, whatever it's called, his, you know what I'm saying, his garments and ran after his son who spent the inheritance. He's chasing down his son. He's the father who is, it should be called the loving father story because it shows the, the father. And it's interesting because the big question we all have is how do you relate as to God the father? Because some people have a history with their own father. There is some father issues. So even for me to say Father God brings up hurt in the past, brings up almost like pain, it brings up mentality like if God is anything like my earthly father, I don't want that. What I'm saying to you is your father mentality of God needs to be the truth of who God is and not who your earthly daddy was. Now, my daughter, where's my daughter at? Where's Charlie at? Charlie, come down here. Is she around here still? She left? There she is. Come down here. Listen, I am not perfect. I'm going to ask her a few questions. And uh, so, so, am I perfect? No. There, there it is. <laughs> Do I make mistakes? <laughs> yes. A lot. No, how sweet is that? Dude, she is the sweetest little thing ever. And I said, I want to come bring you on a stage. Listen, I, we serve a God who is perfect, a Father who is perfect. I'm going to be honest with you. When the picture of Father God comes up, I look at my dad, and I think, and my parents, and I go, I can, I can see it, and, and God is even better. And I wonder, I think it's interesting how it opens up in this prayer saying, Heavenly Father. God wants us to come to him like a good, don't we just sing that song? You're a good, good father, that's who you are. And maybe we need to be less this and more this. I love this little girl. I love her. I, I want her to be able to come to her daddy. I want to know that she's protected. I want to know that, I want her to know that, like, I'm going to fight for her all the time, that she is loved, that she is, like, I want not to make me great, but I want to make sure she becomes who God's called her to be. And don't you think just God is even better than that? Like, I don't want her to come to me going, I don't, want to, I don't want to talk to dad. I want her to come to me like, I get to talk to dad. And I think that's how he opens up. Your prayer life should be, I get to talk to daddy today. Right? Oh, love you, little girl. You can sit down. She awesome? I, here's the truth about it. When we say the word father... You are acknowledging who he is, but more than that, you're acknowledging who you are, which is a son or a daughter of the king. 
So what it is, is when you go to him saying, saying, our Father in heaven, you're saying, your child is here. You're declaring that I am the child of the king. It's an identity issue. First line is, this is who you are, so that makes me who I am. Listen, I can be talking to people in the hallway, and if my kids want to talk to me, I want to talk to them. There's a different avenue we have because you are a son or the daughter of the king. Now listen, the more you know who he is, the more you know who you are. So I think it's awesome that we open it with that. Next line is this, hallowed be your name. Now the first one is almost like a term of endearment, father, daddy. This one is more, the word hallowed actually means holy which means, or sanctified. I, I liken it to 1 Samuel 2, verse 2. It says, there is no one holy like our God. Hallowed be your name. Like the understanding that not only is there an intimate relationship like I have with my daughter to the king, but there is this honoring that God is holy that your name is the greatest name, that you're in charge, that you sanctify, that you redeem, that I'm not gonna, listen, lower that name, but I wanna raise up that name. So not only you father, but you are a holy father. And I think we need to be honoring more than this. This is why we praise to lift up the name of the Lord. Um, Understanding that we don't have to have just intimate, but also treat him by who he is. Next one is this, number three is, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth that is in heaven. I believe this is future and present. I believe when this is being said, it is said with the future, which is future hope of that your will be done, not just now, but in the future, that the future of the the heavens and the new earth, that Jesus returning, that, th- that the battle's been won, that heaven awaits, that we send on ahead, that there's more than just what we are now, that there's a future hope, that your kingdom is not just here or there, but your kingdom is forever. And so it's saying that your kingdom come, you will be done, but it's also present that your kingdom takes residence in us right now. It's like if you're making bread, it's like putting yeast in bread activates it and expands it. I believe when we have the kingdom in our lives, it expands and activates in our lives. God, I just I want to see your kingdom there. I know it's in heaven. I know it's there. But Lord, as we are here, I pray that your kingdom come now, that your will be done now. We need to declare that it's not just a future hope, but we pray for his kingdom to be present now. Your kingdom come. Now hear me out. This also means, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Everybody repeat this for me. One, two, three. Your will be done. You know what it didn't say? My will be done. This is a tough one to chew. How many times have you prayed this prayer and not thought about this? It says, Lord, it's not my will. How many times do we pray and say, Lord, I pray for my stuff? But it says, like, here's what I want on earth right now. Here, when, 
What do you want to give me? How can you help me? I'm in desperate need. Here's what I think is best for this situation. <coughs> I pray my will, my idea, my kingdom, my thought pattern, but it says your kingdom, not mine. The objective of the prayer is not to get what we want, but to align our hearts with what God has. And I'm repeat that. Prayer is not about getting what we want, <clears throat> but align our hearts with what God has. Then it goes on to say, number four, give us today our daily bread. Isn't this what we talked about last week? Give us today. Deuteronomy says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Last week I talked about how Jesus was tempted and he defeated temptation, hear me out, by declaring it is written. He defeated the enemy and temptation by declaring what the word says. And one of the things I said last week was this, it's hard to say what is written if you don't know what is written. It's hard to fight the enemy if you don't know. This is so important to get in the word. But he's saying, I believe this is too full, two part. He's saying, <coughs> I got a tickle. He's saying, not just, he's not just saying your daily bread from his word. He's also saying, I can provide provisions for you today. He says, he goes, God can provide me with what I need today. What I need. The Israelites ate bread for every meal because it was a staple. God brought down manna. God says, I will provide for you not just my words, but what you need to live every single day. I will provide. I will, it's provision. Provide for me today anything I need for today. Tomorrow will take care of itself. God you will provide my needs where I'm at. Give us today is not just about Bible, it's about provision. Number five is what I think is the gut punch of all gut punches, which is forgive us of our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Some translation says forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven those who trespass against us. Gut punch. If you slowly read it, Here's what it's really kind of trying to, God's trying to say. Forgive me in the same way I have forgiven all those who have offended me. Forgive me in the way I've forgiven somebody else who's offended me or has done this way to me. Forg How many times have we said this prayer with anger and bitterness in our heart towards somebody else. And I would say, it's not really working. Forgive me like I've been for, I forgive somebody else. To forgive is to cancel a debt, to pardon an offense. It means to let go. Our society teaches us to get, get even. Matthew 6.15 says, if you do not forgive man, then your father will not forgive you. The prayer of forgiveness is the difference between us becoming bitter or better. So the question is, what do you need to confess? 
who do you need to confess to? Who do you need to give grace to in the same way today that God has given grace to you? Forgiven people need to be forgiving people. Forgiven people need to be forgiving people. We can get Dan and Brian up here. We're going to land this plane. And then last one is talks about lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I think in our society it's really weird because I think it's always been this way. But more than any time, I think that we go out of our way um, to find trouble. I think sometimes we pay for temptation. Are you guys with me on this? Sometimes we, we, we pay to see things that we should not be seeing. We pay to go places that we should not be going. And then we're wondering why we're getting in trouble. It says, lead us not into temptation. But sometimes I think we pay our way to get into temptation. We need to pray for the protection from the attacks of the evil one. But I also believe in 1 Corinthians it talks about that God gives you enough strength to rise up when temptation comes, enough strength to stand up to it. I heard a story a couple years ago about a father who came home to his son who made a lot of mistakes, just choosing really bad things. And so it's like some of us maybe choosing some unhealthy decisions. And he was trying to get it across to his son saying, why are you choosing these dumb choices? Why do you keep on making these dumb choices? You got to be smarter and change. And the dad didn't know what to do. So he kind of took a piece of paper, not like this. This is bigger. But he kind of drew this. And he, he was pretty much telling his son, like, you choose every day, every decision. Like, this is you. Here comes a decision. We call it forks in the road. And, like, you can either do something stupid or dumb or or you can go this direction. Like, you choose. Why do you choose going this way? Like, you know when you choose the best way, it makes God happy and mom and dad happy and makes you a better person. But why do you keep on doing this? And it says that the son came up to the dad and was like, it's kind of like that, but it's more like this, dad. And he said, and he goes, it's not like I was... He goes, of course, I get to a fork in a row, but it's like, I'm going here, going here, and then all of a sudden, it's not like I choose the bad thing. What I choose is sometimes the easier way. <laughs> maybe I don't want to fight my friends, or maybe I don't want to have a conversation, or maybe I don't want to, I'm not strong enough to say no, or maybe, and so I get to this point where I got to make a decision, and sometimes I choose the easier way, so I take the, the one that goes down. And of course, he goes, I know that goes down to the enemy or this is, can be God. But I choose the easier way. And I, now I'm going down. And, and, and I know what you're saying, but he goes, for me to go back, it's not just a realization. Now I've got to go back uphill. And he goes, I chose this because it was the easy way. And now I got to turn and come back and make things right. And I know it's going to be an uphill battle. Sometimes I just want to go the easy way. What happens is 
One more decision leads to another downslope and one more decision leads to another downslope and we, we get to that point where we're just going downhill. Because I know making a decision to go up is following the Lord, but it's always a harder decision. Because when the Lord says this, give me the strength, Lord. Lead me not into temptation. Don't take the easy road. When I look at us and our church, Everybody stand up this morning. When I think about what's going on and the choices you have every day, some of you I feel like have made some choices. I'm going to read this again. I want you guys to look at the screen. If it's not on screen, just listen to this. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, that's you, our Daddy. That's who I am. Holy, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Your, yours, not mine. Your kingdom come. What a prayer. Your kingdom come today. Not my hope and my wants, but your kingdom come today. Lord, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I only know what's going on in heaven because I spend time with you. Give us today our daily bread, our, the words, your words, and provision. And forgive us of our sins, our pain, our guilt, everything of our debt, as we have already forgiven those, already forgiven those, our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. I think some people are spiritually stuck, hear me out, and emotionally stuck, maybe because you prayed the first half of this prayer and not the second half of this prayer. Maybe you come to the Lord and you know he's your father, you know you come to him and you feel safe coming to him, but when it talks about forgiveness, when it talks about making decisions that don't go down, when it makes us, you're like, I'm not there yet. But can I tell you this? He loves you. Lord's prayer. Lord's prayer for you. Lord's hope for you. What if this was our guideline every day? Lord, I want to come to you today. What do you bow your heads, close your eyes? If you're here this morning, no one's looking around and you've you've never received Jesus Christ in your life, in your heart, I'm telling you, today is your day. You're not here by chance. You're not here by accident. Maybe you've been invited. But God is pursuing you. And if that's you today, I just want, if you want to make a decision to follow the Lord, I just want you to raise your hand and look at me. Awesome. Just look across the room. Take some time here. No rush. We're not rushing. See that. It's awesome. Thank you so much. Angels are rejoicing with your hand. Listen, this is a starting point, not a finishing point. It's a starting point of your life anew. Everybody repeat these words. Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. 
I've made mistakes. Help me to make them right. Help me to know your love. Help me to surrender to you. Be the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, fill me up. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you said those words, it's not magic, but it's power. I want to talk with you after church or talk to a staff member because it's a starting point. Everybody else, we're going to end with worship today, and I just want us to declare to the Lord and pray this morning, our Father. Just maybe pray it out loud. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name for all of us today. Lord, as we begin people of prayer, like we need to like go next level, not just talking about, Lord, uh, the data or just information, but Lord, talking about personal stuff listening to you, having conversations with you. Lord, we lay it down. Lord, we just want to surrender at your feet. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to come to the front, have a time of prayer, you're invited to. But Dan and Brenda are going to listen to some worship. Go ahead. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today here at Watermark Church. If you have any questions or want to learn more, you can visit us at www.stillwatermark.com. Thank you.